What was that experience like for you, Reed? You know, so part of me was like, okay, this is this is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the same time, it was really cool because I was I was really relaxed thinking about what I was seeing, imagining swimming around with a shark. I also, in the back of my, ma- my mind, the whole time I'm wondering, like, I sure wonder what the relationship is between what the church has done to my brain my whole life in terms of I the only reason I ever paid tithing is because I was afraid I was not gonna have a job that I wasn't gonna be blessed right there's a, yeah. there's so many fear mechanisms at, at play with the way the church was integrated into my brain and I'm so kind of fascinated by what is what's gonna happen now in my yeah. brain how is it going to change and how how is that fear going to be transformed is it going to get is it going to go away is it going to just go into some other fear and uh so part of me is like this is this is a really fun exercise to do uh in terms of you know this is really helpful information but also for me personally going through a faith crisis what does it mean but man i really want to get somewhere I'm desperate to make some serious big changes. Serious big changes. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy in this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone this is part three in my series life coaching with reed christensen don't forget to go fill out the survey on the website and here's your episode. All right, so I've hit record here, and um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been two weeks since since we last spoke. How, how has it been? Uh, it's been going pretty well. It's a, it's actually a long story behind that, but it's going it's going better. I would say the last couple of days, um, but there's been. You know, one of the goals I had was uh, was being more present with the kids. Yeah, it's always helpful to tell your wife that because she will help you enforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Is that, it, you're giving advice to people right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know, I always had someone that was kind of holding me accountable for, you know, she would notice like you're looking at your phone or you mm-hmm. know whatever it is, but. Um, it's been hard to connect with the older two. I have twins, they're 16, and they're just always on the go doing stuff. Daughter's working at a pizza place. Um, it's hard to connect with those two. 
Whereas the, I have a 12 year old daughter and she used to talk our ears off all the time. She'd love to go on walks with me and just talk the whole time. Uh, she's a talker and she turned kind of a corner, you know, she started not liking us. She started becoming a teenager. Yeah. It was really, really sad for my wife and I, because she was just this sweetheart and to have no kids that like you, that's pretty hard. <laughs> so that's how you, so, so you mentioned you've got two that are 16. Two that are 16. Yeah. And, and it's hard to connect with them because they're all over the place. And then yeah, just, your 12 year old just seems to not like you anymore. Cause she doesn't talk to you anymore. Am I hearing that? Yeah, right? Basically she just kind of um, would rather be uh, chatting online or using Google duo, these little videos that they make. And yeah, so that's, that's what she wants to do. And she has fun with her, with her cousin doing it or her friends or, you know, that's what they want to do and um she just doesn't really make she just doesn't want to yeah i mean we'd, we'd offer all the time like let's go for a walk let's do this let's go for a hike they don't want to do any of that yeah so i had a really that good sounds, that sounds normal <laughs> i know it's <laughs> really normal i'm sure it is um so i was really trying hard to connect with her and had a really good experience with her it was i mean i was listening to her making uh, you know, eye contact. And the one thing, one thing that she's always into talking about is her dreams. Mm. And uh, there's nothing worse than someone describing their b- dreams normally. <laughs> That's funny because the last session you described a pretty cool dream. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, so we have this little, she is, she is definitely my daughter. Yeah. She has so many of the same characteristics. Kind of, She has my eyes. She looks like me. She's and um, so she was telling me she keeps a journal on her, of her dreams, which is mm. pretty crazy for a 12 year old. Yeah. And she draws pictures and she uh, for, so we went and picked up some food that night and we drove together and she just described her dreams. And I was doing, I was repeating and I was interpreting what I thought her dreams were meaning. Mm. And she loved that. She loved that. I was listening and, I wasn't just repeating back to her what she was dreaming. I was kind of interpreting what I thought those dreams meant. Yeah. And she just, it just kind of opened the floodgates and she just talked and talked. It was, it was awesome. So it was a really good experience. And I never, I wouldn't have done that had I not had this goal of being more present and really being a good listener for, for my kids. So really good experience and now i'm seeking those experiences out for sure however i can that's awesome so that's the good part of the week what is it what does it mean for for your 16 year olds to connect with them like what what what, and what is it like to be disconnected do you feel like you're disconnected from them or um yeah i mean we don't we don't interact a whole lot uh other than weekends they are uh you know at school, well, they're not at school still, which is kind of funny, but uh, they go once a week or something. But when they're not doing that, it's, you know, my son's playing video games. My daughter's watching her Netflix show and she doesn't want to be bothered. And we still pray as a family at night. And so that's kind of the time when everyone gets together and turns into this big wrestling match for some reason. Hmm. And, uh, but that's when we finally start talking together so that's why we keep 
doing family prayer because yeah. it's the only time we get together and we actually converse with each other all together just because we all feel it kind of feels like we're all leading separate lives sometimes yeah um, is that is that a hard thing like the way that you said we still do family prayer the, uh, trying to read the tone in your voice there what <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not something that uh, I don't mind doing it if it means that we're all together, but you know, it's hard saying prayers and when you're, you're not really believing in what you're doing it, uh, you know, that that's, it, I'm glad that we do a, we do it. I'm glad we get together. That's the only way to do it. There, there has to be this kind of ritualist, ritualistic aspect to, to it in order for us to do it. Um, we've tried doing other things together. We tried reading a book together and that was a disaster because mm. <laughs> the teenagers just don't, they just don't want to sit there that long. They just think it's so boring. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, that's just how it is with, with teenagers. They don't want to talk about deep stuff. And I think my wife and I are so into the deep stuff right now Yeah. and more than we ever have. And it's, fascinating to, to us and we want to share it with the kids but they do not want to listen what what do they want to talk about uh that's a good question I, they you know my son plays video games quite a bit like a couple hours with his friends each night and i'm honestly jealous he sounds like he's having a blast he's yelling yeah. and screaming and it sounds like a lot of fun that he because he plays with his friends and i did try to like talk to him about it and he, he, he grew very suspicious. He's like, why are you asking me all these questions about video yeah. games? Because <laughs> it's obvious. I know I never like talk about it. We, we usually give him a hard time about it because it's like, man, you could definitely use your time, that time. Think about how much time you've spent playing video games. It's what every parent ever says to their kids, yeah. I think, till they give up. What, what did you play. say when he asked, why are you all of a sudden talking to me about these video oh, games? I said, I don't know. I'm just interested you used to play some other game and now you're playing this game and i i, I just want to understand why and so. so so you're interested in the game or you're interested in him uh i was trying to be interested in him yeah because that's what did, he's interested did he in. get that i hope so i don't know i i, I kind of feel like he didn't because he was just like well this is weird mm. <laughs> it goes to show how much i don't talk to him about you know that sort of thing i it's been like this uh, very uh, divisive thing between us, between as parents and the child to have this video game thing where, you know, Hey, you're, I see that you haven't turned in all these assignments, you know, mm. why? So yeah, that's, that's, that's been hard, but yeah. so overall it was, you know, I felt, I, f I felt that week was oh, an incredible week between our last conversation, when I started really digging into inner size, the book, mm, yeah. um, it was, I was digging the book. I was, I was, you know, meditating. I was just, I was doing great. It was a really good experience. And, and then there was a, an interruption that came and it, right when I thought like, when you said that we weren't going to do Wednesday, last Wednesday, I was, mm -hmm. I was like, dang, because I, I really wanted to talk to you about, um, like, <laughs> yeah. normally I get really nervous just because I know we're recording this yeah. and uh, it's, I know I can't express myself really all that well. So 
but I was, I was excited to talk to you. I was kind of putting that nervousness aside and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to talk to this. And then the week actually kind of went nuts on me. Mm. And, um, me and my brother, we, we decided (laughs) I'm the last person ever thought we'd start a, I'd ever be on a podcast. And we just, he, he is like the brand Stark of growing up. He remembers everything, all the stories, (laughs) the brand Stark. (laughs) He, he is the story guy and he will tell you stories that you've never heard and you will be just crying and laughter. And, and we, we talked so much about the hometown where we grew up it was just this weird town no one really moved out no one really moved in and you grew up with these same people and it was just isolated from the whole world in a way and it was very unique and anyone that grew up there just kind of feels this kind of weird bond with the town and so we thought you know it'd be really cool to bring all these old people and just talk to them see what they're talk about all the stories because our scout troop growing up, it was like the bad news bears of scout troops. We were <laughs> the worst scout troop uh, you can imagine, just horrible. But the stories are hilarious and they're fun to talk about. And so we decided to do that. And I, we were bringing on my old, my, one of my best friends from growing up and um, man, the memories started rushing back. And just thinking about this guy was, I couldn't, medit- I couldn't meditate anymore without just my monkey brain going off in outer space, thinking about all these things that I wanted to talk about mm. with him yeah. on our, in our, in our conversation. And uh, yeah, it was like, a, it was like, yay, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm riding my bike by myself. And I'm, yeah, I was about to say, Glenn, look, you know, look at me. I'm riding with no hands or whatever. Yeah, right. And, um, and then the week just crashed after, after, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, my, my brain was, was, I couldn't concentrate on anything. Uh, so once that was over, <laughs> it wasn't until like yesterday or maybe the day before where I, my brain finally calmed down and I could meditate again and mm. clear my mind. And uh, so it was really interesting how when you think you're, when you think you're making progress and you think I got it it just fell apart completely. And I was like, Oh, I don't got it. So, well, that that's interesting. So, so you, you read the book inner size, you finished it. You were really yeah. excited to talk to me a week ago. <laughs> I, I popped the air out of your balloon and then it just went all the shit from there, but it was actually your, your interactions with your brother and having these conversations, talking with people from your past, remembering these stories that excited your mind and kind of made it hard for you to sit and just empty your mind in, in exactly. meditation. Yeah. Um, let, let, I, I'd like to hear about the book Inner Size and the things that stuck out to you that you were really excited about with that book. Oh, there's, there's so much that I loved about that book. Yeah. First of all, the first book that you had me read, Letting, Letting Go, go. I yeah. thought was very different than this one. Yeah. I felt this was more practical. For sure. And uh, more educational instead of, uh, you know, with, with Letting Go, it was more of a paradigm shift in mm-hmm. terms of emotions. And, you know, some of it was uh, was out there, but it was still fascinating. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. Whereas I thought this was more 
like it actually instructed you how to let go. I noticed. Yeah. How to take those emotions and, and release them. And, uh, I was just highlighting things everywhere. Um, I, what I really, I had some really big epiphanies and that's what I was so excited to talk to you about. Uh, because what I realized after listening to myself on doing podcasts or is that I would give myself like a five out of 10 in terms of being able to communicate clearly and concisely. I tend to ramble. I tend to say, um, I tend to use a lot of filler words and I spend a lot of time. What I realized, uh, in my, uh, default mode network network, the kind of that natural state where you start daydreaming, you start, yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time there just rehearsing conversations that I'm going to have the next day. Mm. And the, the reason I do that is so when I'm, when I have that conversation or I want to communicate something or I want to have a good idea or whatever it is, I'm prepared and it's in my head and I've thought about it. Yeah. And so what I realized that I do one night I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep. I was, I was thinking about a conversation at work that I was going to have and all the different avenues that it could go. And I was reviewing, I just did my head what I was going to say, and I couldn't turn it off. Mm. I could not seem to just like use like the normal meditation tools of breathing. And, and uh, finally I had this realization. It was like a voice in my head said, read, just trust future read. (laughs) he's going to be able to handle this and it was like a it was like a huge light bulb moment where i I realized like i've been i've told you before that i i i I feel like i have adhd Mm. i feel like i i'm always suffering when people are talking to me in meetings or my brain is just gone somewhere else it's and then i come back i'm like oh my gosh i I didn't hear what this person said the last 10 Mm. seconds and then i'm pretending like i heard them yeah, it's very frustrating. I, I tried medication. I didn't like the side effects of the medication and just try it helped, but it wasn't, it didn't really fix the problem. And I think I kind of self-diagnosed my problem is I have this fear of not being able to, of being made to look like a fool mm. because I can't communicate. It's a problem. My, my dad suffers from, I remember when he was, um, a bishop, he'd sit up there and just say, mm, and he'd clear his throat and he'd say, um, and he could never seem to spit out what he wanted to say. Mm. And I realized that I do that um, just as much. I just said, um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm embarrassed about it. I, I don't like it. And I realized I need to, I do fine in just, you know, normal conversations that just are, uh, just pop up kind of casual conversations. And I, I need to just trust myself in the future that I'm going to be able to handle that conversation instead of rehearsing in my brain over and over and over what I'm going to say. See, that's interesting that you went there because I, so I, I, I asked you what you liked about inner size and I I'm, I'm still kind of looking for the, the things in that book especially around this, what I, where I thought you were going, Reed, was, uh-huh. you know, the inner size helps you understand 
the workings of your brain. It helps you understand your neural yeah. pathways and it encourages you to, to do things like you're, you were doing to anticipate future conversations, rehearse them in your brain, start making those neural connections in the future so that when you're there in that present moment, it's easier for you to come out. I thought that's where you go. You were going with that. And it, it, it looks like um, you're, you're feeling, um, well, you said the word you used was embarrassed about the way that your brain anticipates future things and is well, rehearsing things like that. Well, Did the book, I read that wrong? Well, the book helped me recognize that we have, we have this, you know, the amygdala and mm. the different parts of the brain. And the amygdala is all about fears. Yeah. And they listed in the book all the fears that you can have. Yeah. And I highlighted the ones that I, I feel affect me. Yeah. And I... You kind of do the, not the math, but just the, it, in the book, it talks about how we are kind of a hot, we can be a, become a kind of a hostage to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the default mode network can, can be overactive. And I, th I think perhaps that's what ADHD is. I don't know. I haven't, mm -hmm. I need to maybe do a little bit more research on that, but that's where really the light bulbs. I mean, I was highlighting things up until that point. Uh, but I, I realized that my brain loves to go to that default mode network mode all the time. And it's doing it not because I, I have, yes, it's useful. When I'm in the shower, I have ideas. When I'm, you know, when, when there's just like nothing that I'm doing, fine, let it, let it roll. Let the default mode network kind of come up with ideas. But I'm, it's, it's taken over. I feel like it's kind of taken over my brain. It, now, I, now I feel like, okay, that's the enemy. It has a name. It's the default mode network. That's mm. what I need to work on. That's what I need to uh, really focus my efforts in trying to fix some of this stuff where I'm not present with my kids because I'm in the default mode network. I'm daydreaming. And that's, that was some, that was what I would say one of the bigger surprises or uh, pieces of enlightenment that I got out of the book uh, yeah. was, was that I loved, I loved when it talked about. Uh, well, well, hang fear. on, before you move on to the next one, let, let, okay. let's stay, stick with this default uh, mode network for a minute. Um, because you said that you see it as the enemy and you said, you see it as something that you need to fix. D did, did you get from that book Enterprise an understanding as to why your default mode network is as active as it is yeah it it did talk about that a little bit what, what, uh, what do you think the answer is to that why why do you think it is i think it's just a lack of it might be uh something that's just hereditary or something because I, I have a, two brothers that have adhd pretty bad and but it might it, it sounds like underlying so many of the things in my brain is this, are fears of these, like the subconscious, I talked about the 800 pound gorilla. Right. And uh, the fact that <laughs> you're not gonna beat the 800 pound gorilla without really doing some hard work. Yeah. And I love the part where at the beginning of the book, it says, are you interested or are you committed? Are you committed? Right. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh yeah, I, I'm aware of this problem and I was interested in solving it. I was never really committed. And I, and now it's more set me on this course of, okay, now I recognize the issue. 
I, I was, I had this fear of, of, you know, I think it's, it's really based on a lot of fear, but the default mode network has been out of control and, and, and I need to, to work on that. And I think that's part of it. I don't know for sure. I think it's part of the 800 pound gorilla that I, somewhere in my subconscious, it just has this natural habit of going to um, this la la land. I don't know what you want to call it, but just this place where in my head yeah. where I just, just, I'm, I'm a space cadet. Well, so, so what, the way that I understand what Intersize is talking about is, is that everything that we do, mm -hmm. every single thing, is the result of a neural pathway, some kind of a neural connection. And there's neural pathways that, because our, our brain is designed to create shortcuts and be really efficient, that once we figure something out and we do it and repeat it, like the more we repeat it, Mm. the stronger it gets. And, and the analogy that the book uses is that you can either have a neural pathway that's like a, a little dusty, windy road, narrow road that doesn't get traveled very much, or the ones that we do a lot are like these big super highways. Mm. And, and those are the, that 800 pound gorilla when you've got that, these big super highways that are in part of your subconscious mind that you're not even aware is there, you know, that that's what you're, fighting against anytime you're trying to change your behavior or change a habit. Yeah. So my understanding is that your active default mode network is because you've been flexing that neural connection over and over and over again. So you've got a really big super highway there that, that you're calling la la land. You're saying that it's a problem. You're saying that it's the enemy. You're saying that you need to fix it. And if this is, and if, and if what Intersize is saying about neural pathways is true, anytime you think of it as a negative thing, it's going to reinforce that sense that it's a negative thing, mm -hmm. that, that you think of it as a problem, it, you're going to feel like it's a problem and that it's this part of yourself that is an enemy that's broken, that needs to be fixed. I, that there was a section in the book that talked about the different inner sizes, you know, like exercise mm -hmm. for your, for the inside of your head that you can do mm -hmm. to increase your uh, focus, to increase attention, to increase, uh, there, there was a whole list of things. Did, did any of that jump out to you as things that you could focus on for, because what it sounds like what you want to do is to slow down that default mode network to, to mm -hmm. be able to maintain your focus for a much longer period of time. Like, I, I think that one of the examples that it gave was listening to a bell, like having a bell ring and you just like listen to it until you don't hear it anymore. And just little practices like that, where you practice focusing your attention on one thing for as long as you possibly can. And you just keep doing practices like that over and over again to strengthen these these areas, these regions, these functions yeah. of your brain, these neural pathways, you turn them from dusty roads into big super highways. Yeah. That, and there, the, the practice for calming the, the uh, default mode network was basically a meditation. The take six. Yeah. The take yeah. six. Yeah. By the way, I, I, I loved the, the way that he does the breathing that he described the breathing every before every step. Mm -hmm. where you're breathing in calm you're yeah. breathing out the fears or anxiety right 
that was so effective for me. I had never really heard that before mm. in any of the other meditations that I've done, but yeah, I, I love that. I was, yeah. And, and what I, what I find myself doing now is if I see something really amazingly beautiful in nature, like I immediately want to just breathe in calm and, and start doing the breathing technique and just feel that peace that comes with yeah. the beauty and, um, I really, yeah, that was, that was one of the bigger things that I came out of it. I mean, there's a ton of inner sizes. There's, there's, there are, there's too many almost maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it, it can be a little bit like drinking out of a fire hose when you're starting mm. this for the first time. But, but the, another thing that it talks about in the, one of the first few chapters where it talks about the two brains and mm. you know, you've got this subconscious part and this conscious part, and it does, it's the first time it talks about the amygdala. And how th this, this amygdala is what is responsible for your fight or flight or freeze. Anytime that uh, your nervous system senses that there's any even potential danger, wh whether it's real or not, it triggers that fight, flight, freeze right. response. And one of the reasons why it's so hard to develop new habits is because the amygdala doesn't know that this new thing that you're trying to do, it doesn't know if it's good or bad. It just sees it is not status quo and mm -hmm. it interprets it as a potential threat. And so you, you, you might get really, really excited about an idea like meditation and it might be working really, really well for a few days, but your body is going to feel this is different and it's going to want to go back to the, the status quo. And so you'll create all kinds of reasons, all kinds of distractions to knock you out of whatever this new behavior is into whatever you were doing before, because it knows, Hey, I was safe then, you know, that I found that section of the book to be really, really fascinating. And that's what I was thinking when I was listening to you describe what happened to you the, the first week after our last session, and then the second week, you kind of went into that, like going back to how you were yeah. before. That's very normal. That's mm. very natural. And if, if, I could, if I could wave a magic wand right now, Reed, and, and take away from you this sense that there's something broken or that you're, this part of you is an enemy that needs to be fixed, I, I would like to remove that from you if I could. And that what what you're experiencing is I think the results of a, of a healthy brain that has been doing this thing of mm -hmm. that you call daydream or whatever, ever since you were a kid. And there might be some things that are hereditary about it. Your brothers have it, your dad has it. And it might be part of the condition of how you grew up as well. Just observing his kind of behavior and doing it yourself until you build this, this habit. But that's an area that you, you want to focus on with some of these inner sizes to strengthen the areas of awareness and focus and, and, and get some kind of, even just to the point where you can watch the default mode network because it, meditation isn't always just emptying your mind and you have no thoughts. It mm -hmm. could be like when thoughts pop in, you watch them and you pay attention to them. Yeah. without getting lost in them. And that's kind of the fine line that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. But when I meditate, 
I'm not of no mind. <laughs> like I'm thinking about what am I going to say on my next podcast? <laughs> you know, like I, 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 cause I've, I've, I've built up so many neural pathways around podcasting doing yeah, this for as long as I've been doing mm-hmm. um, and th- that even when I'm in moments of solitude and peace, I start thinking about how would I be, what would I say? You know? Oh, I got, I got a taste of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you know, and I still have some of it happening, but I, I thought about you for sure mm. this, this week. And I thought, I don't know how he does it in terms of having a full-time job and not being distracted um, by just your mind, just wandering. Cause the stuff that you tackle, like in your, uh, when you and Tom are, conversing back and forth i mean that's very very deep stuff very <laughs> very default mode net, network type stuff of uh very creative thinking and i love that stuff yeah uh but i i it, it's hard for me to turn it off and and i i need to i need to be able to i think it was there was a word for the switch in your brain it was the in, insula or something like that that allows you to say, okay, time to, time to go back to, you know, using your, your focus and your conscious brain. Um, but uh, I need to, I, I wouldn't say it's an enemy. I, I rely on that default mode network all the time to come up with ideas. And uh, when I was working on the dishwasher for five hours, Saturday, my brain was just in a different world as I was kind of you know, fixing things and doing things, but also just thinking about other things. And I love, I love that place. I think we yeah. all like that place. And I don't, I never want to have that place leave. I just need to learn how to control it. All right. You want to so, talk to it for a minute? Sure. Yeah. All right. We're going to, we're going to do one of these meditations and we're going to start with the take six. Okay. Okay. So just kind of get into a comfortable position and close your eyes. We're going to take six deep breaths in where you breathe in that positivity, that energy, that light, and you breathe out stress, anxiety. All right, let me know when you're in a good, comfortable place. I am, yeah. All right. All right, so I, I want you to imagine the most peaceful place that you can be. I think I know where it is. <laughs> I think you're back in Maui. I think that yeah, you're with I the am. fish. Is mm-hmm. that where you are? I am. I'm floating. You're floating. Describe to me what that feels like. Um, it's just, it's warm. There's just beautiful wildlife all around that is just happily doing its thing. Yeah. All right. So continue to just stay in that warmth. Can you hear anything where you are? No. I mean, it's pretty quiet here if you're talking physically, but No, I mean, I mean in your imagination as you're in this uh clear water, you see the fish around you. You just feel kind of the weight of the water on you. You can feel that you're underwater. You're able to breathe really easily. It's just, it's just really, really peaceful. And 
something swims up behind you and you're not quite sure what it is. And I want you to turn around and I want you to look at it. And I want you to tell me what you see. Um, when you first said that, I was scared. It was like a shark. So there's a shark behind you? Mm-hmm. Like a big one. Okay. And you're looking at it right now. And it's looking yeah. at you. Yeah. Are you calm? Uh, I am now. But so yeah, this, when this you first is, said that, it was, it was a, uh, yeah, definitely had a shark in my head. This shark is just, it's just so curious about you. It's checking you out. It's not moving. It's not swimming. It's not aggressive. And, um, it's saying to you, read. I'm your default mode network. Hmm. Nice to meet you. And um, what do you have to say to this shark that's your default mode network? Um, you are a, uh, I like you, <laughs> maybe a little too much. But you're also dangerous. You could you could hurt me. Okay, so this this shark that represents your default mode network just heard you say, "I like you, but you're dangerous. You could hurt me." And when it hears you say that, it makes an expression on its face. What 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 does it do? Hard to imagine a shark making a facial expression, but <laughs> maybe it's a cartoon shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a cartoon shark. I think he's just kind of shrugging. He's saying, "What's the big deal?" Yeah. What else is he saying? He's just like, "Don't be afraid of me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not? hurt you." Uh, I think because it's it's he's there just to to be who who he is he's there to to be admired and and he's not out to to hurt any any snorkeler that's for sure yeah he's just a friendly reef shark he's like a puppy dog yeah um he's like yeah i think he's i think he's gonna ask you a question reed i think he's gonna say what what is it about me that you're so afraid of What is it about me that could hurt you? I think it's obviously the shark has has teeth. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a little unpredictable. It's a wild animal too. So the shark opens up his mouth, and and lo and behold, it's a toothless shark. Mm. There's no teeth here, and he says, "Yeah, I I don't have any teeth." What? But remember, mm -hmm. I'm representing your default mode network. What is it about me that's threatening to you? Mm 
there's there's really nothing. There's no teeth. I, I I'm wanting to swim as the shark. I'm wanting to go as far as I can with the shark. So he says, "Grab on, get on my back. I'll take you wherever you want to go." Deal. Okay. So you do, <laughs> and he's gonna swim. Where does he go? Uh, I think he's gonna kind of just go around the the reef a little bit. He's gonna kind of go out in the ocean a little bit more. Just looking around, looking for for food. Yeah. So are you're snorkeling, right? Yeah. So he he dives really deep, and he keeps going really deep. I let go. You let go. Mm-hmm. What what if I tell you you can breathe underwater? Would you still want to let go, or would you? No, stay yeah, with I, him? I would go with him as long as it's uh, not too dark down there. Okay. What? Why would you? Why would you go with him? I just want to see where he's going. I I want to feel what it feels like to be completely immersed in the ocean and all that there is to to explore. And it's like a whole different world down there. I want to I want to explore it. Okay. So he's he's taking you down into this dark place, and it gets to a point where it's so dark that you really can't see anything. Um, and he keeps going down, down, down. And all of a sudden you start to see kind of like this, this warm glow in the distance and he swims towards it. And as, as you get closer to it, this glow starts illuminating everything around you and you start seeing this place that you've never seen before. And I'm, I'm asking you to, to use some imagination here, Reed, to tell me what, what is it that you're seeing? What's he showing you? What does this warm glow illuminate once you start to see what's around you? Um, I, I kind of feel like it's, uh, it's the, I don't have a better word for it, but the, the universe, really? the, the, just the cre the creation of the universe. It's the, some sort of energy that, uh, yeah. It, that's what I kind of felt swimming around snorkeling. Okay. Was this intelligence, this, these animals are smart. They, but they're also so happy. <laughs> and I kind of feel like the shark knows more than me and he, he knows what's, what's safe. He, he knows that this is where he wants to be. And I want to be with the shark. I want to see what he's going to see. Okay. So, so you're down there, you're seeing this warm glow. It's the, the universe. And he says, let, let go of me, Reed. And you let go. And he turns and he faces you again. And so you're face to face with the shark again. And he says, ask me anything that you want to know. What are you going to ask him? Oof. Yeah, what's, what's the... That's a great question. What am I going to ask the shark? I guess it's kind of a... I mean, I I feel like I would be in this glowing energy. And I'd want to know what happens after this. What happens... What's what's going to happen in the future in terms of, you know, the 
death or what's the, what's the purpose? What's what's behind all this? That's what I'd ask him. Okay. I feel like this is a very wise shark. That's why I'm asking him yeah. these questions. Very. All right. So 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 you ask, what's what's behind all this? What happens? Is it what happens when we die? That's what you wanted to know. Yeah. What happens? Yeah, basically. Okay. All right. Th this cartoon shark looks at you and he smiles. And he gives you an answer. What is it? What does he tell you? Um, yeah, it, I, that's, that's the big question is what he's going to say. So I want, that's why I'm asking him the question. Yeah. Uh, I think it, he would probably say, you know, there's just a big cycle of life and everything, all the energy turns into a different sort of energy. There's no, there is no, you know, this, there's no death. That's just a human construct that, and it, there's just a changing of energy and we all, you know, mold ourselves into something else and become something else and the energy discontinues and, yeah. Part of me is that that's my answer to the death question, I think. Yeah. But uh, that's what I think. How, how do you feel when he gives you that answer? I feel good. I mean, I feel oh, good. That's kind of what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Probably because I, I came up with the answer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it would be very special being in a warm glow down there talking to a shark and uh it would be a really cool moment to have um that you know the shark is and everything around me is is me i'm i'm part of the universe yeah and i i think that's really what uh it would be really special it's to feel really like yes i'm part of this yeah all right, so one last thing. Mm -hmm. He's answered your question, and now he says, all right, Reed, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. You name the place, and we'll go there. Where is it that you want to go? Hmm. I want to go to the stars. <laughs> yeah? I want to travel through the universe. Okay. I don't know how a shark's gonna get get me to do that, but. Um... Well, he's he's taken you to this place deep in the ocean where you've seen the universe down there with this yeah. glow. Does he? He just swims towards it and takes you with him. Yeah, could be some sort of wormhole. Okay. <laughs> wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the mechanism that will allow the imaginary shark to take you to the imaginary stars. Is the imaginary wormhole? Why not? Yeah. All right. Okay, so you're off in the stars with your default network shark. And, you know, so let's talk about this a little bit. What was that experience like for you, Reed? You know, so part of me was like, okay, this is, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't do this. That part I, of you is right. What you did just then, I have never done. 
nor I. Maybe since I, when it, when we were kids, maybe you know your teacher led you through some some imaginary thing like that. Um, I don't have a great imagination, so part of me was struggling with that. But at the same time, it was really cool because I was I was really relaxed thinking about what I was seeing, imagining swimming around with a shark. If if I let myself go, if I really kind of submitted myself to what you were saying and just I kind of had to talk myself into just like go for it just do it come on yeah um don't be embarrassed yeah but once you kind of let yourself go there yeah you can take yourself to some pretty cool places you can take yourself yeah yeah all the places will go right yeah but but you know when when I asked you that last question about you know you you can go anywhere you want to go I was kind of hoping that you would say I want to go back to my house and be with my family. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to go out to the stars. Okay, that's fine. So this is the 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 shark is representing this part of you that daydreams. And and what you said earlier is that you feel like this is your enemy. You feel like this is something that needs to be fixed. You feel like this is a problem. Why do you feel like it's a problem? Well, you, you said that you'll be at work and somebody will be talking to you and you'll just have this some lost time. And you like snap back into it. You're like, oh crap, I, I wasn't paying attention. I don't know where I am. I don't know how to respond. And that I'm assuming creates this sense of panic and, and fear. You feel vulnerable mm-hmm. in that moment. Like you might be exposed. Yeah. You've got a little bit of that imposter syndrome going on in there. Mm-hmm. But if, if in that moment, you just went for a little ride with your shark up into the stars and you were having a grand old time, and then you come back into that moment right there. Like, what is the real danger? What is the real teeth that the problem that you're afraid of in that moment? In which moment? The... In that moment when you're, when you're at work and you recognize that you weren't paying attention. It's the, it's the fear that I will look like a fool, that I'll look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, the real fear. It, you you nailed it when you said the imposter syndrome. That's I I realize that I carry that around with me. Yeah, um, you're not the only one, Reed. <laughs> I I mean I think everybody has some degree of that, and I, so I'm wondering in in that case when when you snap back into oh I was just daydreaming. Well, mm-hmm. this guy's talking to me. I don't know what he just said. Do, do you ever acknowledge? Oh, I'm sorry. I just I. I don't know where I just went someplace weird. Could you say that again? Do you ever acknowledge that and just ask them to repeat it? Uh, I, you know, I did that today. Yeah. Um, probably because I'm recognizing it more. And yeah. yeah, I told someone today, I said, I was spacing out while you were talking. Can you repeat that? And it was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I said it. And well, how, how did he respond? Uh, it just, repeated it and it wasn't it wasn't a big deal yeah uh but yeah i didn't i i don't want to have to ask that all the time yeah um i always feel at work like i am working with half a brain (laughs) that i always wonder what what i could be like if i had my full capacities my full neural path you know neural capacities at work and I really focused on everything because I feel like a lot of times I'm just kind of out there daydreaming while I'm doing things at the same time because 
Well, you're I'm an accountant. It. Who can blame you? you? It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so boring. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm not really accounting. I yeah. mean, I am doing. You're like managing people. Managing, yeah, yeah. managing problems and issues yeah. and special how, projects. How how are your restating skills? Uh, they're they're okay. They're not. I. Uh, when I was having that discussion, so you remember how I told you I was having the, the issue where I was like, oh, let future read, deal with the problem. Yeah. You just relax. Right. Uh, that discussion, it went really well. And I used the repeating to make sure that, that this was between those two people that were having the issue that I discussed right. last time. Yeah. Then I was uh, restating their problem and making sure that I understand what they were saying. And I was purely the referee. I was I had no stake in the game. I was the one just making sure everyone was going to get on the same page eventually. But that was, I was using that and it worked really well because both sides needed to feel validated that they were being heard. And so I yeah. want to make sure that, okay, I hear you saying right. this, do I have that right? And yeah. yeah, it was really effective. I don't know why I'd never used that before. It, it, and, and, it was very effective in the way that you were able to create peace with these two coworkers that were, you know, at each other's yeah. throats. Mm -hmm. But what did it do for you and your default mode network? What did it oh, do for you and your shark? It is, uh, that is a, that is a great point. And I realized when I was doing it with my daughter, when I was repeating back her dream, mm -hmm. yeah, I really, I mean, talk about a moment where there's nothing you want to do, but daydream while your daughter's describing a dream that makes no sense at all. Right. Yeah. And I, the fact that she was telling me the dream and I was having to psychoanalyze the dream in a way I was in repeating it. I was paying attention to everything she was saying right. for the full, it was like two hours yeah. of her just, and she remember for some reason, she remembers all of her dreams. It's crazy. And she just tells you exactly what happens in them. It's impressive. And yeah, it is. And, and then for you to be able to follow along and, and pay attention, not only did that help you in wanting to connect and be present with your daughter more it it also it's developing these neural pathways in your brain it's increasing like every time you do that you get better at it yeah every time you practice active listening and restate back to your daughter or your coworkers or your son with his video games or your wife when you're having your deep discussions every time you you know because we we've all developed these habits where we're kind of just waiting for the other person to shut up so that we can do our turn <laughs> and kind of turn off our brain. And, and if, if instead you, you kind of tell yourself, I'm not going to say what I want to say until I've repeated back to the other person, what they've said so that they know that they're heard and you kind of turn it into a little game. This could be one of those inner size uh, practices yeah. that you, that you kind of set a goal for yourself each day. And you're like, okay, when I go to work today, I'm, I'm really going to make sure that anybody I talk to, I'm restating back to them what they're telling me. Mm. And man, that it's, it's so powerful in so many different ways. And it's, it's a way that you start to, focus. yeah, you, you increase that focus in your mind and you, you befriend your default mode network because your default mode network is still actively engaged but it's, it's now actively engaged in that active listening exercise and then being able to rephrase it, restate it, put it back together. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I think that could be really helpful for you. And you've already seen in your example with your daughter and with your coworkers where that's been an effective uh, tool for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. What's a really good idea? The, the whole uh, restating. I'm asking you to restate what I just said. Yeah, restating <laughs> what yeah. you restate and we'll restate, well, I'll just keep yeah. saying restate, but yeah. restating uh, back to coworkers, my wife, the kids, uh, I, I was doing really well in being, pre I felt like I was being really trying to be mindful in everything I did. When, when, when letting go happened, when that book, when I was reading that book yeah. and I was just super focused yeah. and I expressed that I was worried because yeah. I was worried I was going to lose that focus. Eventually it was just going to go away, which is exactly what inner size talks about. Right. I mean, so many things like that just kind of go away because we don't continually work on them and focus and, you know, envision what you're doing and, you know, all the, the steps inner size, I guess. Right. Yeah. And uh, this is, this is good stuff. Like, yeah, that, this will go, I think this will really help me. Problem is I have little things that pop up like, well, I mean, started Thursday and it was just like, geez, this is totally frustrating. <laughs> I was in such a good spot and I felt like I was making really good strides and I was really excited. And then it just kind of came crashing down. Yeah. I was like, okay. Well, I guess I have a long ways to go. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And yeah. So we, we all, we all have a long ways to go, but you, you know what it is that you're wanting. You're wanting to be more present with your kids. Mm -hmm. You're wanting to connect with them more. You're, you're wanting to spend less time in your own daydreams. You're wanting to become more aware of when you're daydreaming. Um, yeah. You, you want to become more present and more focused and, it, it, it there will be times where you're really good at it and it's easy and there'll be times where you get frustrated with it and that, that's just the nature of changing any kind of a habit um so i i i would encourage you this week to really focus on um building up that skill of active listening and restating where when when somebody's saying something to you you just kind of keep track of the words that they're using so that you can say back to them, maybe not word for word, but like the main key points, they know that you've been listening. They know that they're mm -hmm. being heard and you're developing that skill that, that keeps you focused on where you are in that moment in connecting with that person rather than going off for a fun journey with your shark, yeah. which is cool. And there's time for that. There's right. time for that. And there's nothing wrong with it. But you, you're the one that has said that you want to be more present in these relationships with your family members, your coworkers, and even times where you can't sleep and you want to just like, all right, shark, take me, take me for a swim. Let's, <laughs> let's go, let's go to see some imaginary things and then maybe go off into dreamland that way. And I, I'm, I wonder now, is my spirit animal a shark? Do you, do you diagnose spirit animals at all? <laughs> I don't diagnose anything. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know what a spiritual animal is, but um, maybe. My my brother was saying he goes to a therapist, and yeah, she assigns a spirit animal to everyone, and that's like a huge part of the therapy. Yeah. So. 
I, I think if I were going to do something like that, I would want you to assign yourself your own spirit animal. So if you feel comfortable with it being the shark, then cool, man. Your spirit animal is a shark. I hereby make it official. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Sharks are cool. Sharks are cool. My spirit animal is a bear. Oh. I don't know why. I've just had people tell me that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll be a bear. Yeah. I don't I'll have to ask people what they associate, what animal they associate me with. Yeah. Cool. No idea. I'll take shark. All right, Reed. Well, good session tonight. Another weird meditation that we went on. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I love that stuff. Because I never would have done that. Would have, just like the other time when you did the meditation. I was like, oh, yeah. oh okay. Uh, yeah, sure. It really surprised you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So, if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, Give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. All right, well, I'll, I'll send you the audio for this. And um, your your first episode is going to air next Monday. No way. Way. Are you, way. Are you putting all of, the epi- like all of these conversations out there? Probably. Really? Okay. Yeah, unless you don't want me to. No, I, I don't mind. I, what I love about this sort of relationship, it was kind of like in the book where the, where the author had his boss. He's like, Do you want, are you interested? Or are you committed? Right? Yeah. committed? And yeah. man, it sure helps to have someone that's going to hold you accountable. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel I, like I hold you accountable? Well, I'm holding myself accountable. That's it. Yes. Because again, one of my big fears is I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't want to show up and be like hey glenn i didn't read anything because yeah. i just didn't have time yeah. i don't want to do that and i but man i really want to get somewhere i'm desperate to make some serious big changes and after reading those two books i feel like i'm in the air mid-flight doing some sort of engine rebuild yeah that's cool uh, and it I realized like this, this is big stuff. This yeah. is, this is some big surgery that I'm doing and I need to, it, and it's very, I feel a bit risky Yeah. to just 
lose some of that fear that I've always had about whether it's conversations that I'm going to have the next day and just be like, no, oh, just yeah. trust, trust that future read. He's going to handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for next week, I mean, we'll, we'll do, we'll focus on whatever you want to focus on next week, but I am very interested to, to see a synthesis between inner size and letting go. Um, like how you focus on those concepts of letting go, because it, like for, for me, I, all the time I'm checking in are, are my emotions right now in pride? Are my emotions right now in fear? You know, like mm -hmm. what, what, where am I at right now? I do that a lot, just kind of the checking in. And so I'd be curious with that portion of letting go, uh, how that's assimilated. Yeah. And that gives me a little bit of anxiety because I struck well, while I was reading inner size, I was also thinking of letting go. And I was like, man, these are just different books. Yeah. They're similar. There's some of the stuff is similar. Yes. There's some crossover, but I felt like letting go was, it kind of blew my mind when I read letting go. It was, it was like a huge, huge thing for me because it was just so foreign. And here's my suggestion with letting go. Um, just, just go through the first half of the book where there's a chapter on guilt and a chapter on fear and a chapter on like, pay mm -hmm. attention to each one of those because the way that he describes it is that it's like a vibration or a frequency. But now that you've read inner size, you can go, he's talking about neural pathways. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah. He's, he's talking about this, this design, this architecture of the mind that yields a certain emotion, mm. you know, like some input comes in, it goes through this function, it travels through this, you know, like mouse trap thing. Yeah. It comes right. out the other side as guilt. It comes out mm. the other side as joy. It comes out the other side as courage. So pay attention when he's, when he's talking about what those different things are, try to make that connection to, okay, so what, what would be going on in my brain? If I'm constantly in a state of fear, I've got these neural pathways. I've got these super highways that are all the exit ramp is this thing that we're called calling fear. How do you change that? How, how, if you say, I don't want my, I don't want my destination to be fear anymore. I want my destination to be love. How do you change that? What do you, how, what do you do? Mm -hmm. So th that, that's where I see a, a really powerful synthesis between those two book so yeah may, maybe revisit yeah. those chapters and letting go and and we can spend some time talking about I, it next week i really should make a practice of reading things twice mm. yeah. or three times because yeah. just like that tucker carlson you know or whatever or yeah sam harris or, there was something that we did that where i listened to it over and over it's like wow i'm getting so much out of this yeah by listening to it part of it is because of my adhd monkey brain is just like Let's, let's go crazy and but when i listen to it multiple times i'm like i totally missed that the first time yeah and i i would love to uh go through letting go again yeah and and revisit some of this i also in the back of my ma my mind the whole time i'm wondering like i sure wonder what the relationship is between what the church has done to my brain my whole life in terms of i the only reason i ever paid tithing is because i was afraid i was not gonna have a job that I wasn't going to be blessed. Right. There's, a, yeah. there's so many fear mechanisms at, at play with the way the church was integrated into my brain 
and I'm so kind of fascinated by what is what's going to happen now in my yeah. brain. How, how is it going to change, and how how is that fear going to be transformed? Is it going to get is it going to go away? Is it going to just yeah. go into some other fear? And uh, so part of me is like, this is this is a really fun exercise to do uh, in terms of you know this is really helpful information, but also for me personally, going through a faith crisis, what does it mean? Yeah. I'm going to give you a quick, dirty, very unsatisfactory response to that question about what the church did to your brain. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The church didn't do anything to your brain. You did everything to your brain. The church gave you things to respond to. You made a choice on how you were going to respond to it. That's, that's what I strongly believe about that. The okay. church did nothing. You did it all. And so when you're, when you recognize, okay, these are, the church said, pay tithing. Not everybody in the church pays tithing. You did. Why? Mm -hmm. Because of your fear of it. Okay. So that's developing this neural pathway response in you, but it's because of you. It's because of what was important to you. Mm -hmm. And everything is like that. So what kinds of things, so even though you leave the church, you're not leaving the world where you have choices to make. There's still choices that are put before you that you have to choose all the time. Are you going to go this way? Are you going to go that way? Are you going to do it with your full attention? Are you going to do it half-assed? You know, like Mm -hmm. you're always making these decisions and, and whatever you do, again, these neural pathways get reinforced. And that is the way that you sculpt, you become the architecture of your own brain. And um, yeah, so it, it wasn't any outside person doing anything to you it was you responding to what was put in front of you that's 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 my answer that i don't know if everybody's going to agree with or not but that's my diagnosis that's my conclusion (laughs) i i I can see where you're coming from but it's still hard for me to get there yeah when when something's just pounded in your head as a kid all the time and no I, i get what you're saying yeah. And I, I just need to work on that. Yeah. On um, cause that, that would help me, you know, let it, let it go. I think it's, I think it's, a, I, I think that leaving the church is one of the biggest gifts that anybody could be given um, because it, it shows like, I, I think of it as a microcosm for how to navigate the world. You know, you're, you're saying that the church was pounded into your head. Well, so was the English language, mm-hmm. you know, but you could learn other languages if you really focused on it, but you're always going to have that English language in there because you were always exposed to it and because you took the time to integrate it. And you did the same thing with the, the church and those teachings and you really believed it. You, you believed mm-hmm. it wholeheartedly. Um, so you would, you internalized those things and, and yeah, you, there is a lot of repetition over and over and over and over again. I mean, one of the reasons that I just got so bored with the church, because I wanted something, I, I just wanted something more interesting. There's got to be yeah. more than just this. Um, but you're right. It, it, it does pound these things into your head, but it never takes away your freedom on what you're going to do with it, even though it scares you to death that if you don't pay tithing you're not going to get your job or if you don't do this then you're not going to get to heaven you know so it's telling you these stories 
and you're believing them mm-hmm. until you didn't. <laughs> and the church yeah. didn't do that. Right. You know, you did. And, and so, yeah, th- this, this is one of those ideas. I know it's hard. Um, and I, I think it is very counter to a lot of what you hear in the ex-Mormon world about the big bad church that is creating problems for everyone. Well, I'm not saying that it's not a big bad church. I'm not saying that there's not harmful teachings and harmful doctrines, but to, to, to untangle ourselves from it, I just don't think it's a helpful narrative to go, the church did it. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't think it's true. I, I did it. I'm yeah. the one that responded. I'm the one that put these things in there. I developed these habits. It was based on faulty information. Was I lied to? Was it just mistakes? I don't know. It was there. I did it. It's in me now. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go swim with the sharks. Oh, yeah. No, that's fun. Swim with the sharks is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, thanks, Glenn. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, and it, I mean, and if you ever need anything in the week, you just reach out. Like, like you did. I mean, the reason that we're here having this conversation is because you reached out to me in the first place. I know that's true. You always can. But, I, and I also attributed to just saying yes. Yeah. That, that too. Yeah. Um, that really kind of opened up everything. And I, yeah, I feel like I'm a better person because I said yes. And it's forced me to do some things that I was uncomfortable doing. And I, that you, you just need to do, you need to do the work. Cool. And um, so it's been, been great. Love it. I love it too. Thanks, Reed. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.